Hello, my name is Isaac, and today I will be reading Heroes of Olympus, The Lost Hero, by Rick Riordan, Chapter 25, Jason. Jason dreamed he was wrapped in chains, hanging upside down like a hunk of meat. Everything hurt. His arms, his legs, his chest, his head, especially his head. It felt like an overinflated water balloon. If I'm dead, he murmured, why does that hurt so much? You're not dead, my hero, said a woman's voice. It's not your time. Come, speak with me. Jason's thoughts floated away from his body. He heard monsters yelling, his friends screaming, fire explosions. But it all seemed to be happening in a different plane of existence, getting further and further away. He found himself standing in an earthen cage. Tendrils of tree roots and stones whirled together, confining him. Outside of the bars, he could see the floor of a dry, reflected pool. Another earthen spire growing up at the far end, and above them, the ruined red stones of a burnt-out house. Next to him, in the cage, a woman sat cross-legged in black robes, her head covered by a shroud. She pushed, pushed aside her veil, revealing a face that was proud and beautiful, but also hardened and suffering. Hera, Jason said. Welcome to my prison, said the goddess. You will not die today, Die today, Jason. Your friends will see you through. For now. For now? He asked. Hera gestured at the tendrils of her cage. There are worse trials to come. The very earth stirs against us. You're a goddess, Jason said. Why can't you just escape? Hera smiled sadly. Her form began to glow until the her brilliance filled the cage with painful light. The air hummed with power. Molecules... Molecules splitting apart like nuclear explosions. Jason suspected if he were actually there in flesh, he would have been vaporized. The cage would have been blasted to rubble. The ground should have split, and the ruined house should have been leveled. But when the glow died, the, ha- the cage hadn't bulged, budged. Nothing outside the bars changed. Only hair looked different, a little more stooped and tired. Some powers are even greater than the gods, she said. I am not easily contained, but I may be in many places at once. But when the greater part of my essence is caught, it's like my foot in a bear trap, you might say. I can't escape, and I am concealed from my eyes of the other gods. But you can only find me, and I grow weaker by the day. Then why do you come here? Jason asked. How were you caught? The goddess sighed. I could not stay idle. Your father, Jupiter, believed he can withdraw from the world and thus lull our enemies back to sleep. He believes we Olympians have become too involved in the affairs of mortals in the fates of our demigod children, especially since we agreed to claim them after them all after the war. He believes this is what has caused our enemies to stir. That is why Olympus is closed. But you don't agree? No, she said. I often, I do not understand my husband's moods or decisions, but even for Zeus, this seemed paranoid. I cannot fathom why he has so, was so insistent and so convinced. It was like, unlike him. As Hera, I might have been content to follow my lord's wishes, but I'm also Juno. Her image flickered, and Jason saw armor under her simple black robes, a goatskin cloak, the symbol of a Roman warrior. Across her bronze mantle. Juno Moneta, they once called me. Juno, the one who warns. 
I'm guardian of the state, patron of eternal Rome. I cannot sit by while the descendants of my people were attacked. I sense danger at the sacred spot. A voice, she hesitated. A voice told me I should come here. Gods do not have what you might call a conscience, nor do we have dreams. But the voice was like that, soft and persistent, warning me to come here. And so the same day Zeus closed Olympus, I slipped away without telling him my plans, so he could not stop me. And I came here to investigate. It was a trap, Jason guessed. The goddess nodded. Only too late did I realize how quickly the earth was stirring. I was even more foolish than Jupiter, a slave to my own impulses. This is exactly how it happened the first time. I was taken captured, captive by the giant, and my imprisonment started a war. Now our enemies rise again. The gods can only defeat them with the help of the greatest living heroes. And the one whom the giants serve? She cannot be defeated at, at all, only kept asleep. I don't understand. You will soon, Hera said. The cage began to constrict, the tendrils spiraling tighter. Hera's form shivering like a candle flame in the breeze. Outside the cage, Jason could see shapes gathered at the edge of the pool. Lumbering humanoids with hunched backs and bald heads. Unless Jason's eyes were tricking him, they had more than one set of arms. He heard wolves, too, but not the wolves he'd seen with Lupa. He could tell from their howls this was a different pack. Hunger, more aggressive, out for blood. Hurry, Jason, Hera said. My keepers approach, and you begin to wake. I will not be strong enough to appear to you again, even in dreams. Wait, he said. Burgos told me you made a dangerous gamble. What did he mean? Hera's eyes looked wild, and Jason wondered if she'd really had done something crazy. An exchange, she said. The only way to bring peace. The enemy counts on our divisions, and if we are divided, we will be destroyed. You are my peace offering, Jason. A bridge to overcome a millennia of hatred. What? I don't... I can't tell you more, Hera said. You have only lived this long because I have taken your memory. Find this place. Return to the starting point. Your sister will help. Dahlia? The scene began to dissolve. Goodbye, Jason. Beware, Chicago. Your most dangerous mortal enemy waits there. If you are to die, it will be by her hand. Who? He demanded. But Hera's image faded, and Jason awoke. His eyes snapped open. Cyclops! Whoa, sleepyhead. Piper sat behind him on the bronze dragon, holding his waist to keep him balanced. Leo sat in front, driving. They flew peacefully through the winter sky as if nothing had happened. De Detroit, Jason stammered. Didn't we crash land? I thought, it's okay, Leo said. We got away, but you got a nasty concussion. How are you feeling? Jason's head throbbed. He remembered the factory, then walking down the catwalk, then a creature looming over him. A face with one eye, a massive fist, and everything went black. How did you... The Cyclops... Leo ripped them apart, Piper said. He was amazing. He can summon fire. It was nothing, Leo said quickly. Piper laughed. Shut up, Valdez. I'm going to tell him. Get over it. And she did. How Leo single-handedly defeated the Cyclops' family. How they freed Jason, then noticed the Cyclops was starting to reform. How Leo had replaced the dragon's wiring and got them back in the air just as they'd started to hear the Cyclopses roaring for vengeance inside the factory. Jason was impressed. Taking out three Cyclopses with nothing but a toolkit? Not bad. It didn't exactly scare him to hear how close he'd come to death, but it didn't make him feel horrible. He stepped right into an ambush and spent the whole fight knocked out while his friends fended for themselves. 
What kind of quest leader was he? When Piper told him about the other kid the Cyclops claimed to have eaten, the one in the purple shirt who spoke Latin, Jason felt like his head was about to explode. Son of Mercury? Jason felt like he should know that kid, but the name was missing from his mind. I'm not alone then, he said. There are others like me. Jason, Piper said, you were never alone. You've got us. I, I know, but something Hera said. I was having a dream. He told them what he'd seen and what the goddess had said inside her cage. An exchange? Piper asked. What does that mean? Jason shook his head. But Hera's gamble is me. Just by sending me to Camp Half-Blood, I have a feeling she broke some kind of rule. Something that could blow up in a big way. Or save us, Piper said hopefully. That bit about the sleeping enemy? That sounds like the lady Leo told us about. Leo cleared his throat. About that, she kind of appeared back to me in Detroit, in a pool of potty, porta potty sludge. Jason wasn't sure he'd heard that right. Did you say porta potty? Leo told him about the big face in the factory yard. I don't know if she's completely unkillable, he said, but she cannot be defeated by toilet seats. I can vouch for that. She wanted me to betray you guys, and I was like, pfft, right? I'm gonna listen to the face in the potty sludge. She's trying to divide us. Piper slipped her arms from Jason's waist. He could sense her tension without even looking at her. What's wrong? He asked. I just... Why are they toying with us? Who's this lady and how is she connected to Enceladus? Enceladus? Jason didn't know he'd heard that name before. I mean... Piper's voice quavered. That's the that's one of the giants. Just one of the names I could remember. Jason got the feeling there was a lot more bothering her. But he decided not to press her. She had a rough morning. Leo scratched his head. Well, I don't know about enchiladas. Enchiladas, Piper corrected. Whatever. But old potty face mentioned another name. Purpoise fear or something? Porphyrion? Piper asked. He was a giant king, I think. Jason envisioned that dark spire in the old reflecting pool, going darker as Hera got weaker. I'm going to take a wild guess, he said. In the old stories... Porphyrion kidnapped Hera. That was the first shot in the war between the giants and the gods. I think so, Piper agreed. But those myths are really conflict- gargled and garbled and conflicted. It's almost like nobody wanted that story to survive. I just remember there was a war, and the giants were almost impossible to kill. Heroes and gods have to work together, Jason said. That's what Hera told me. Kind of hard to do, Leo grumbled, if the gods won't even talk to us. They flew west, and Jason became lost in his thoughts. All of them bad. He wasn't sure how much time had passed before the dragon dove through a break in the clouds, and below them, glittering in the winter sun, was a city at the edge of a massive lake. A crescent of skyscrapers lined the shore. Behind them, stretching out to the western horizon, was a vast grid of snow-covered neighborhoods and roads. Chicago, Jason said. He thought about what Hera had said in his dream. His worst mortal enemy would be waiting there. If he was going to die, it would be by her hand. One problem down, Jason said. We got here alive. Now, how do we find the storm spirits? Jason saw a flash of movement below them. At first, he thought it was a small plane, but it was too small, too dark and fast. The thing spiraled towards the skyscrapers, weaving and changing shape. And just for a moment, it became a smoky figure of a horse. How about follow that one, Jason suggested, and see where it goes. And that was the end of chapter 25. I really do think, I really do hope you guys had a good time listening to me read this chapter. And we'll come back for more next time.
But with that, I would like to say thank you all and say Isaac out. Thank you.